1: A Buffalo Wings podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me once again. I am the, uh, I'm the young guy. I feel um, every day more and more with uh, this podcast. I feel as though uh, a lot of people don't know who I am. Just recently, I was able to jump on, uh, you know, the Hump Day Hotline with Joe Miller, and it, and it was so refreshing uh, to get back on YouTube. Show my face. <laughs> I've been so committed to trying to just do pure audio to just really get a grasp on you know what it really takes to develop a podcast, and it's been a couple of years now, um, going on my second year right now with Buffalo Rumblings and Eve of the, uh, of the anniversary of joining, and it's been so cool uh, just being able to connect with Bill's fans, being able to connect with everyone from different media outlets, uh, not just Bill's media, you know, other people from other teams, and Whatnot, and um, you know it's it's been really interesting to see how things have transpired. So, um, thank you guys for joining me on this journey. Uh, those of you who are loyal listeners, um, yeah, I mean I I had such a blast recently. We talked about Gabe Davis. We talked about uh, you know expectations going into you know this season. We talked about Jordan Poyer. Uh, it, it was heavy, you know. Uh, it's we had to confront a lot of truths of what we believe the Bills are going to have to, you know, they're going to have to face the music pretty soon on this um, situation with the Buffalo Bills. And um, it's obviously a great time to be a fan. I'm not saying this in the way of, Oh, you know, there are things that are looming that are negative. Um, not at all. There are just things that are looming that are going to, it's, it's they're going to be very interesting on how the Bills handle them um, because developing a team, number one, right goes hand-in-hand with re-signing marquee talent that if they go elsewhere, they make another team infinitely better. Uh, Jordan Poyer is one of those guys. And we talked about, obviously, there's, there's two tiers of superstars, right? You got the guys that you know because they're just national, you know, polarizing figures like Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, there are names that when you hear them, they're blockbuster, they shake up the NFL, they shake up the landscape. And then there's tier two superstars where if they leave your team, they instantly are a super um strong impact. Uh, you know, Tyrant Matthew is one of those players too. I was looking at the situation over in New Orleans and, you know, a reunion, obviously back to LSU in the city there in New Orleans. Um, I'm happy for him. You know, I wish the best for him. I think he does a lot of really good things for the community. Uh, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I low-key was almost worried the Bills were holding out to see what the price would be for Tyran if they were looking to move on uh, from Jordan. Look, I'm not going to sit here and just sugarcoat anything. Like, if if I'm going to sit here and, and and lie to you guys, I'd say, you know, something like, Yeah, you know Jordan Poyer's gonna get a four-year deal. This is not like I have no idea what he's gauged to get. Um, he could get a three-year deal. You know, he could get a two-year deal. It's it's. I think he's just sick of these two-year deal bundles and not getting the full shebang bang, and his family's watching. Um, you know, putting the pressure on on Brandon being a company to get something done. Um, you know, so I'm just kind of recapping a little bit of what we talked about, but I actually want to talk about something different today. Uh so wherever you're at, thank you so much for listening again, whether if it's the morning, the evening, um I want to talk about my top five NFL teams. And I I know that, you know, it's something that um can come up can come off pretty broad, but it's gonna kind of surprise a lot of people on who I have in that top five and why I do. Right, I, I think that it's, it's very interesting to talk about, um, you know, some of these teams because the fact is, they deserve the credit. Give credit where it's due, right? I, I think that it's easy to take a team and believe that just because someone upgraded the next year, like these guys got worse or something, like they're still there. They still have the title. I'm talking about Bengals here being the AFC champions. They have that. And and you know they're they're in the top 5 we're going to talk about them. And I'm going to talk about other teams too, don't get me wrong. But overall where I stand is on the fence of there is proven durability and proven chemistry. And so I want to begin this list with number five, Las Vegas Raiders. I have them at number five because I believe this is the first time in Raiders history since, I don't know, Rich Gannon, they have a team that makes sense. A coaching staff that makes sense. An offense that finally has a guy on a stable offensive unit that can get stuff done at the wide receiver position back in the day you talk about Randy Moss I mean obviously you see the debacle that happened in Oakland uh you know with Randy and he ends up everyone thought he was irrelevant and then Mr irrelevant <laughs> uh, goes to goes to New England and absolutely lights everyone up for the rest of his career so right now Devonte Adams has that factor has the chemistry, with Carr, and they still have the running group. They still have Darren Waller. They still have Hunter Renfro. They moved on from Edwards, which I thought was kind of a knock to what they were trying to get accomplished. Nonetheless, you have no choice but to double this guy. Devontae Adams is a game breaker. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in this system, because, number one, they got to get the run game going they got to protect Derek Carr. they got to give him time. And he has to kind of take it to another level this year in order to get them over the hump of winning a playoff game. They got there. Congrats to them. I think that's something that, as Bills fans, we know what that feels like. We low-key root for the Raiders because for all these years, they suffered just as much as we have. Um, And, you know, what happened with Gruden was unfortunate. And then they bring in their defensive coordinator to take over. And, you know, they they were kind of stretched thin in a lot of in a lot of, you know, areas of their team. Obviously, no kidding. But um fact is, they were running their offense on Zay Jones and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Trade out Zay Jones for Devontae Adams. That is a super dangerous team. Now, we're going to see defensively, this is is why I have them at five, because defensively, they have a huge question mark on the durability factor. right? I I see them as a 50-50 type of team, as a unit as a whole. Now, they have all the talent in the world. I have a ton of respect for Crosby. Perriman's great. Jonathan Abram. They have guys that can bring this team together, leaders right? And they they have the city here. Look, I live here and it's it can be very calm, but all it takes is a friend to call you. You're downtown, you get into trouble. That's it. As a football player, that's what they're dealing with. You're either chilling at home, in the pool, having a good time, or you're going to the strip and basically you got a target on your back. And that's the issue with this team. So we'll see, right? There's a big question mark with the durability with the the defense, but the city itself has an impact on how these players are going to develop, what they're doing on their free time. Um, Having a guy like David Carr at the helm really helps them uh, to really keep them grounded. He's a man of faith. Um, He does a lot of events out here, super community involved. And um, I like how he supports veterans. I think it's really cool. Raiders at five. Number four. I have no choice, and I, I apologize in advance that I am even bringing this name up because it, it's it's almost like a forbidden uh, – <laughs> he's a forbidden topic for so many reasons that we hate him, but Tom Brady and the Buccaneers at number four. If we're going to be honest, Brady is still Brady. Mike Evans is still Mike Evans. Antonio Brown is gone. No more super distracting locker room drama. It's gone. The the ship has sailed. Thank you. They're probably saying thank you AB for thanks for the memories, thanks for the ring. We don't need you anymore. We're just as good without you. Um I think it's going to be interesting to see them get Scotty Miller involved a little bit more. Right? We'll see what happens at the tight end position, but when you have Brady, Brady has a history of constantly making the team around him better. Year to year in New England, you saw talent come in, talent come out. One-year deals, two-year deals. Like He affects a locker room. He affects a work ethic. That's the kind of player he is. That's the kind of guy he is. You have no choice but to respect it. He got it done without Belichick. And his, his history, his legacy is cemented. The only reason he's back in the NFL is because he's bored. and He's back at home throwing the football, and he's feeling just fine. So he got back in the pirate boat, and he, there he is, back in Tampa. And, you know, they got Lenny back. They still have what they need to get everything done and secured in the division. They match up really well still against top contenders. Question's going to be, <laughs> this is why I have them at, at four, is can they beat? Number three, Los Angeles Rams. That's been Tom Brady's bug Oh and 3 against them. Since he joined the Bucs. So, a lot of tape on him from Sean McVay. Sean McVay had to literally night and day study Tom Brady before he faced him in the Super Bowl. It was obviously a, the lowest scoring Super Bowl I've ever seen, probably in NFL history. But the Rams have an edge in the NFC. Reason they have an edge is because. There is an extreme amount of chemistry between Stafford and McVeigh. It's, it's almost like they can read each other's minds and when you least expect it, they gouge you and they figure you out. And, and that's the kind of offense they run. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how they do without Odell. Uh, Obviously, a lot of change at the wide receiver room. But you look at everything else across the board. Defensively, they're stout at every single level Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, and Aaron Donald. How in the hell do you game plan for that? You basically have to start treating that defense like they are. The Baltimore Ravens of old. A stout guy in the trenches, an unstoppable force at middle linebacker, and a guy you hope you never have to throw to all game in Jalen Ramsey because he is a game breaker, whether we want whether we want to sit here and believe it or not. It is very rare for Jalen Ramsey to get cooked. One on one, he got beat in the Super Bowl. Whatever, we we saw that. We saw how you know Stephon Diggs was able to you know curl around him in the red zone, score a touchdown on him. We saw that. You still do not want to go against the want, want to go against the guy. You know what he can offer. You know what he can do. But most importantly, this team has a knack for figuring out how to get top tier talent for every single first and second-round pick they've ever had since McVay has coached the team. They figured out a way to constantly stay competitive, and they still find a way to develop players. That's the key thing, and that's what's weird about the whole situation that I know frustrates a lot of teams, especially seeing them win last year after how much developing and work they've been putting into that on their team. So, Rams there. Oh, boy. Okay, um, guys, hear me out. Call me Belichick on this, right? I don't care if I got prime Tom Brady. Fact is, you're not number one until you beat number one. I have the Bengals at number two. (laughs) I was praying and hoping that the Bills were going to face the Bengals this year. And it's finally going to happen at the end of the year on Monday night. I believe the Bills are number one. I believe they were number one in the playoffs last year. We should have won a Super Bowl last year. The Bills should have. It's weird to talk about this, right? Because the Kansas City Chiefs are a terrible, horrible, last year, were a horrible, terrible matchup for the Buffalo Bills at every level. The Bills literally structured their team to match up against Kansas City. Nobody in the AFC prepared themselves on how to handle the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati on every level I think just created an unbalance and and therefore had a very balanced attack against Kansas City. And that's why I have them at number two. They figured out a way how to have a super solid, balanced attack that, quite frankly, is, I believe, the most competitive young team that I have seen in I don't know how many years in the NFL. They're so young. So much awesome talent. The tight end position, right? Running back position. Joe Burrow. And obviously Jamar Chase. And Higgins. They find a way to get it done. Joe Burrow isn't the quickest scrambler. He, it's not very sexy the way he plays. He's just damn good. He kind of has that it factor that Brady had. If we're going to sit there and be honest, he has that it factor that basically tells the coach in the back of his mind, when we need to play, he's going to deliver. And that's why I have them there. I just feel that this team is led With finally, because everyone ruled this team absolutely out the year before, right? We thought this team wasn't even going to make it into the playoffs. And out of nowhere, they come streaking and roaring like the Tigers they are, and they took over the entire AFC. But they never faced the Buffalo Bills, who were streaking into the playoffs. And unfortunately, after their humongously just demoralizing win against the Patriots, they had a demoralizing loss against Kansas City. What else could the Bills do? And it goes to show you that when two teams are so dead even, that's the kind of game you're going to get, which is why I have Buffalo at number 1. I believe that Buffalo would have gave would have given Cincinnati a ton of trouble if they had to go to Buffalo for the AFC Championship. There's no way in hell any Bills fan was not going to try to figure out a way to be there. I had tickets lined up. They're expensive as hell at a JetBlue, and I told my wife, "I'm sorry, but all all of this money and more is for me to go to buffalo and take leave for about 3 weeks if they win if they if they end up winning against Kansas City called my brother and then we didn't end up talking for 2 weeks after that loss so it's devastating i know everyone else has another story about that game but the bills checked every single freaking box in this offseason. They weren't shy. They weren't cheap. They were aggressive. And they were smart. Jamison Crowder is a very, very sneaky, awesome pickup in free agency. Gabe Davis is doing great, so the wide receiver position is solid. I'm talking about, it's obviously anchored with Stephon Diggs, but you look at then the defensive line. Every single just ounce of juice that the Bills need for this defense, these guys are going to bring it. Tim Settle is almost like a revamped Star Latule. Vaughn Miller is what Jerry Hughes, hate to say it, could have been if, if he were able to get to the superstar level. Obviously, Ed Oliver's going to get his opportunities, Boogie Basham, but I am so interested to see how Gregory Rousseau is going to progress in this next year. I'm excited about him. Having an opportunity to play alongside a Hall of Famer, learn from him the nuances, the little things that make him tick, and then integrating that into your game as a young guy who is a freak athlete and a giant. My God. More importantly, when you look at this list, top five, you see it anchored by an undeniably personality-infectious, like, awesome talent in Josh Allen that no one has ever seen. And it's almost like we have sown so many tears into the ground for this beautiful opportunity to finally sprout (laughs) and having Josh Allen in Buffalo. And it's a Cinderella story you can't make up. New England had theirs, and it was odd, right? They were in love with Drew Bledsoe. In comes this kid out of the sixth round. He gets demoted. He takes over the team. They win six freaking championships. There's a lot of stories you can get into with, you know, Brett Favre and the Aaron Rodgers. Now it's Buffalo. Now it's Josh Allen. Taking on the Jim Kelly mantle and he likes the pressure. That's, see, this is the difference between him and a lot of quarterbacks that I see in this league. When the pressure hits, that's what he wants. He's not hoping to be up by 20, by 14, whatever. He likes it because he, Is it's like instilled in his DNA. It is innate in him to believe that he will be legendary. Therefore, he needs legendary moments. And that's why I just feel that Josh Allen sets the Buffalo Bills apart from any team in the NFL. And it doesn't matter if they lose five in a year. If you want to go against Josh Allen in the playoffs, good freaking luck. Good luck. The guy's going to find a way. You talk about 13 seconds. You talk about not getting Patrick Mahomes, not getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes, not bringing him down. The Bills have that now. And I believe that Ken Dorsey is going to reignite the flame in this offense like we've never seen in a very long time. Here's some history for you. It took several offensive coordinators to figure out the Jim Kelly offense. And they went to four straight Super Bowls and they figured it out so thank you guys again for listening um, that was my <laughs> top five um, NFL teams going into this season and if you haven't followed me on Twitter yet please feel free to do so it's literally Buff Hub B-U-F-F, H-U-B, H-U-B. Um, you can find my podcasts um, constantly posting there I am active on Twitter um, for Buffalo Rumblings, uh, you know I'm always in- integrated with these guys, so it's been a fun time. Um, and again, I always end my podcast with saying thank you and God bless you to all of the first responders and military out there putting your life on the line, but also putting your life just almost aside for the duty of your country, duty of, your, of the nation. It's really um, inspiring to read a lot of stories. I keep running into with different people and what they're doing and how they're doing it. So yeah, stand with you, salute you. And guys, thank you again for listening to Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll Go right